here's this for a teaser. Uh, the race season is over for 2022. So grab your coffee, grab your cocktail, grab your beer, whatever it is, sit down and uh, let's talk about it. You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sombrano. And we're the host of the Locked On Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked On Rays your very first listen every day. And remember, Locked on Rays is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked on Rays. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked on Rays. And you can email us, LockedOnRays at gmail.com. We do plan to do a mailbag episode or episodes this week and throughout the course of the offseason as well. So feel free to send us your thoughts, uh, hot takes, voice memos, whatever it may be, lockedonrays at gmail.com, or you can uh, DM us directly. All right. Uh, the Rays went down to uh, the Cleveland Guardians, uh, losing, of course, two of the best of three. Uh, we figured to start this episode, uh, we'll run through the positives that the Rays showcased throughout the short postseason that they experienced and then the rest of the show get to uh the difficult unfortunate things about the series and then uh should note a little teaser for tuesday uh it'll be all a, a fan reaction show we got a lot of comments on social media we'll run through those and discuss so without further ado uh ulysses what positive takeaways did you have from uh i guess game one game two whatever uh that the race showcased against the guardians the Rays have nasty, bad, bad men on the mound, no matter what name is on that jersey. I mean, really, bravo. I mean, just yep. ter- terrific work up and down. Shane McClanahan, my, my, my goodness, you, sir, can hold your head up high. You redeemed yourself from, from your Boston performance last year. You hold your head up high. Tremendous work. Tremendous work by Shane in a very difficult game, especially going against another guy, another Shane, who was just unreal. And he was exploiting, right. um, you know, uh, the race hitters. Clevenger, uh, I, I was on a podcast, FL Teams, on, right before the, um, the, the wild card started. And they asked me, like, I don't want you a prediction. I want you to just tell me one name that will come up big. And I said, Garrett Clevenger. And when I saw him uh, in, this, in, in this regular season, he really impressed me. We made that joke. Jake McGee 2.0, he did yeah. fantastic too. Garrett Clevenger, I mean, tremendous stuff. And, and that's a name that you can see having a lot of high leverage situations, hopefully, in next year. I can go up and down the list, Kevin. I mean, oh, of course, Tyler Glass now. My goodness, my man. Third, third start of the year coming back from Tommy John. And this is his line, five innings, two hits, five strikeouts. I mean, he was near, I mean, honestly, untouchable. 63 pitches too. I I got a little bit um, um, kind, kind of, oh man, can we just see him from the sixth? Obviously, I didn't know it was going to last until the inning 15th. But right. 
seeing him at 63 pitches, I, I, I wanted, I wanted to be greedy, but good, for, good for them. And to, to get him on a, on a, on a really good note, but Kevin, it, it was all the pitching. I mean, the, the pitching staff did not only their job, Kevin, but they did so much more than it was asked of them. Yeah. I mean, especially in game two, 19 strikeouts combined by Rays pitchers. They used eight pitchers that day. The Rays did combining for just five hits and three walks over the course of 15 innings. Um, and one name that uh, you didn't, I don't think, mention yet was Jason Adam. While, of course, the Rays did not win game two, but to come in the situation that he did, bases loaded, no out, I believe the sixth inning, and who do you have at the plate? Uh, one of maybe the top five hitters in all of baseball, Jose Ramirez, and you strike him out, and then you get a double play from Josh Naylor. And that's the other thing, too, is, uh, I mean, great defense from both teams, but the Rays, too, of course, absolutely stepped up. Um, you had Yandy Diaz making plays. You had uh, Taylor Walls making plays. I mean, you don't uh, get into uh, – games this low scoring without uh, your defense helping your pitching to some extent as well. You know who else also did pretty good plays defensively? Isaac Paredes and Wander Franco too Yeah, in that game too. That, that, that was a double play turned by Paredes and Franco. Right. Honestly, yeah. Another name, just because I don't want to leave anybody out, uh, Sean Armstrong. What a, what, a tr- what a tremendous character arc we have witnessed. In 2022, in Sean Armstrong. The dude was literally mop-up duty. Like, oh, if we see Armstrong, either we're losing this game or I'm not watching because we're winning 9-0, which, I mean, rarely ever happens. But you get the point. That's kind of mop-up duty. The guy became such a high-leverage arm at the end. Like, what what a great thing to have seen his development. And they've used him for three innings. So we've seen what they've done with Rasmussen. We've seen what they've done with Springs. Kluber and coming back, Armstrong, you're ready for the task. Um, that's a little teaser. Brooks Raley, great job too. Um, only that one walk allowed. Uh, just Rasmussen too. I mean, the guy has been the best pitcher since August, and his, he, he's being asked, hey, by the way, can you get a, a few outs here? Boom. Does his job and looks even better than, than possibly anybody else. Uh, yeah. Just, just tremendous pitching, Kevin. I, I was really – we were, we're spoiled. Race fans yeah. are spoiled on the way that, that, that guys just come up on the mound and, and, and just twirl magic. Unfortunately, um, you know, it, it'd be great if uh, baseball allowed uh, runs or points for the amount of strikeouts and shutout innings, but alas, that doesn't happen. Um, a couple more positives turning away from the pitching here and the defense, I guess. Uh, and these are small things. Again, when you lose a series like you do, uh, to the Guardians or anybody, it's uh, tough to stomach. But a couple of things that stuck out to me, um, game one, Jose Siri, he doesn't just have speed, athletic ability, and uh, great defensive prowess, but he has pop. He has legit pop. Um, being able to, with an easy swing, uh, hit a home run opposite field, 108 mile per hour exit velocity, 402 feet. In fact, I, it made me want to go up and look up his Savant page and it confirmed what I thought his max exit velocity is in the 81st percentile, not to mention the spread speed, 
100th percentile, outs above average, 99th percentile, outfielder jump, 95th percentile, arm strength, 95th percentile. That's your center field uh, center fielder of the present uh, and the future. Um, and there's the Rays, I think, believe in his talent, uh, considering that they traded Seth Johnson away to acquire him. So that's one thing. The other thing, too, is the value of a guy like Vidal Brujan and uh, I guess more specifically his legs. And in a matter of moments, he can put himself into scoring position, which again, we talked about it with Klosky this week. That's why you have a guy like that on your playoff roster. Yeah, no, he, he, he stepped up and again, I, I said this maybe his last time up, when I saw him batting lefty, he had like a Franco stance um, at the plate. And I was like, mm, I like that. He does look better. I, there's something about him. Maybe it's yeah. even confidence. I mean, I'm not a play language expert, but he does look different. Yeah. Like after watching so much baseball, you just say, mm, this guy looks different than he did three months ago. You might not be able to pinpoint yeah. what the actual difference is, but you can see that. And and you can see it in, in Bruhan. And he did, he did great, man. Uh, um, great confidence there. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know, man. I, I think that's about it on the, on the positive. That's about it on the positives. I think we should talk about and go to the negatives. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, Before we go into the negatives, of course, we got to tell you about our our new friends at simply uh, safe. Uh, The numbers don't lie in the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen simply save home security to protect their home. That that's just facts. People, uh, uh, Super customizable, not a situation where you have to purchase things that you don't need in order to, to get certain things uh, from, from, from your home security. The system integrates well into your home. It's easy to self-install. You don't need anybody to, to come, a tech guy, and schedule something. That's, it's not a bulky unit. It's, it's very simple, very useful for your security and peace of mind, uh, but also for helping you make sure that everything is secure each day. Uh, and you can move with it after you install it. So just remove the elements and, and take them with you to your new place. So it's really, really um, customer-friendly and user-friendly. So today you can um, get the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes by going to simplysafe.com slash MLB. You can save 20% on your SimpliSafe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring uh, plan and get your first month free. So you can visit simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB to learn more. I'll say it again, simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. There's no safe like simply safe. All right. Uh, getting to the negatives in this series. Uh, what are you topping off with? What are you leading off with Ulysses? <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Um, I think one of the, 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 the overall arch, maybe, maybe let's start with the overall arch. Okay. Uh, can I guess it deep, uh, offense, offense, lack of offense, <laughs> ding, 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 ding. I need just the lack, but just let's go a little bit, you know, big picture, but not so why was there no adjustment whatsoever from one through 11 or 13, however many hitters were used. I think Jonathan Aranda might've been the only one that didn't uh, swing the bat. So one through 12, how was there no adjustment in 20 in 23 plus innings worth of, 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 of at bats? Mm -hmm. They were all swinging 
for three run home runs when there was nobody on base. I yeah. I cannot understand how there wasn't a change, an adjustment on what is happening due to the context of the game itself. Guys, I, I, sliders down and away. I, I can't hit them, but right. you can't either. I'm sorry, like you you can't. You you need you need uh, uh, three bats. And you need a tennis racket that's two feet long in order to, to hit those Shane Bieber's sliders down and away. If and your name's not Vladimir that. Guerrero, you're not hitting that. Exactly. If you're not pay- playing with a cricket bat, you're not hitting that. And the Tristan McKenzie fastballs by your eyebrows, maybe don't swing at those. And I know it's difficult. It's easy to say here uh, in front of a microphone, never having to see a 95 mile an hour fastball right, my, right by my face. I understand that. But guess what? They see that all the time. They're trained professionals. They do this for a living. How was there no adjustment? And I'm not talking about one guy. Again, talking about 12 guys. How was there no adjustment made at all? Like zero. We saw zero adjustments. And what bothers me the most is that, yeah, the players are mostly to blame. But how is Kevin Cash and Chat Motola and anybody else in that coaching staff not saying, "Hey guys, maybe let's 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 rethink what we're doing here." And you know what? Maybe that was said and the players just kept on doing whatever they want on it. And but if you're telling me the coaching staff said something to the players about, "Hey, maybe we should adjust our 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 what we're doing here on offense." And they don't listen to you, then we have a bigger problem. Then we have a bigger problem. They're not listening to you. So should the the focus have been trying to eke and manufacture a run as opposed to everybody swinging for the for, for the fences? Is that what you're getting at? Or just I mean, or just a little bit more patience, or just a little bit more patience. I mean, when 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 you're just being tantalized, I think it happened in back to back innings. Now I have both games completely blurred so if you're listening if you're watching on youtube and besides subscribing and liking this video and you can you know name what i'm about to say drop it in the comments and and, and we'll read it but i'm pretty sure there were two at bats maybe in the fifth or sixth inning of the second game back to back three pitches it was just all of them balls like non-strikes non-strikes and they were all swung at so it wasn't even 10. I mean, they were just trying. They, they got too desperate. They got too much in their head. And Kevin Cash actually said this in his post-game conference. He said the guys were doing a little bit too much. You think? You think? Yeah. They were, they were swinging at everything. Uh, I, I, honestly, I, it was so exasperating to just see no change, no adjustment whatsoever in 23-plus innings. Actually, 24 because they they were the, the 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 visiting team 24 innings and we only saw BJ Upton sliders down and away type swings i mean we 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 we, we saw Carlos Peña type swings on on fastballs up like what was going on what happened there kevin i think that was the idea that we're not manufacturing a, a run here nor were the Cleveland Guardians, which is why Oscar Gonzalez in the bottom of the 15th gets a pitch to hit and deposits it, that you just have to win by hitting a home run or two. That's the only way we're going to be able to win the game. I, you you know, don't buy that I, argument? I mean, they, 
Okay. Well, no, fair. You know what? I, it, let, let's say I buy it, but then I'm going to devil's advocate right here. If that's the plan, run into one, that's what's going to win it. How in the bleeping world do you have the audacity to take out your home run leading team hitter in Isaac Paredes for Taylor Walls. How are you doing that? If that's the plan of running into one, you're taking out a guy that has 20 home runs for a guy that just has not been successful at all offensively this whole time. And before everybody says, well, you know, it was a righty against righty matchup. I don't care. There is no matchup in the world that's so bad for Paredes that I'm like, yep, Taylor Walls is the answer there. No way. And before anybody goes, well, there was a man on first, Ulysses. Vidal Bruhan had just been, you know, a pinch run for Jima Choi. He had just walked. So obviously they're trying to bunt him there. He tried to bunt once, people, and it was an awful God try. Just an awful, horrendous bunt try. So you take out Paredes for one bunt try? He didn't try a second time. So that's what you took out Paredes for? So what's the deal? If the, if the whole thing was, yep, we're running into one, everybody swing away for the fences, and then in that moment you said, no, you know what, let's, let's bring it back, let's manufacture runs here. But only one, though, Taylor, after that horrible bunt try, you can just swing away for the fences. It doesn't make sense. If that's not the biggest Kevin Crash moment of the season, I don't know what is. I'm sorry. And what inning was that? The eighth? The tenth. The tenth, okay. And, 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 and again, you have a man on base. So if he's going to run into one, right? You have a man on base that, like, that could be the winner. And you put Taylor Walls to only bunt once. I like the small ball play, but only bunt him once. That's why you took Paredes out. So something is it's incongruent right there. If the plan was to run into one, why are you going with Taylor Walls instead of Isaac Paredes? And if the plan is to play small ball to move, why are you only doing it once? Incongruency. Yeah. That's the top Kevin Crash moment. If you disagree with me, I want to hear you in the comments on YouTube. Tell me why that's wrong. Because I, I, I see it 2020 right here. I, I don't get it, Kevin. I don't. So was that a more egregious error on Kevin Cash's part than – pitching Corey Kluber in the spot that he did when uh, the Rays still had Jalen Beeks, Javi Guerra, and Jeffrey Springs left in the bullpen or available on the pitching staff? I, I, I have no qualms with how okay. the, the uh, Corey Kluber was managed there. I mean, or, or the pitching staff right there. I mean, it's a 15th inning. I mean, yeah. it's, it's kitchen sink by that point. I can't just be like, well, actually, Javi Guerra. No. I know. And you know what? Um, on Twitter – I put, you know, this overmanaging 101 when they took out Drew Rasmussen, which I stand by that. He's your best pitcher since August. He's your best pitcher since August. And people are like, well, did you know that Josh Naylor's stats against, you know, righties is real? You know, he's really bad against left. I take Drew Rasmussen against Josh Naylor every time. Josh Naylor, folks, is not Aaron Judge. <laughs> he's not. I am sorry. Oh, but his splits, I don't care. Drew Ra what do the Rays say all the time? Go with your strength. Literally, they take guys that nobody else wants, and then when they come here, they go like, hey, you do this thing pretty good. Just do that. That's your strength. Do that. 
So they like to focus on what their players have as strengths. Drew Rasmussen, yeah. Rasmussen is your strength. Okay, it, it worked out great. Greg, Garrett Clevenger again, tremendous. But that was a, a little bit of overmanaging in my aspect. I mean, you, you just burned a guy that could give you four innings in a game that ended up being fifteen innings. Um, you mentioned uh, taking Isak Paredes out, and I think the fact that the Rays would have had to lean on Isak Paredes is a testament uh, to the other guys not stepping up, a la Yandy Diaz, a la Wander Franco, a la Randy Arozarena. It should not have to come down to, I'm sorry, Isak Paredes. It should not have to come down to him to lean into one in the 10th inning. It's those other guys. And we can keep going down the list of David Peralta, Manny Margot, guys who are veterans and have been in the league for quite a while. Not a guy that we were kind of even debating back and forth on whether he would get a, uh, a roster spot in the wild card round. So that that's also, I think, a bigger bigger issue too. No, I think you're right. And... I think Dave Wills always says this, right? In the at the end of the season, it's, it has to be your best players who have to be your best players. They have to step up. Yeah. And Jose Ramirez is their best player, and he stepped up game one. Um, yeah. That's that's what needs to happen. And in mm-hmm. in 2020, their their best player right there was Randy Rosarena, and and he showed up, and and that's why they did what they did. Uh, Brennan Lau at times also showed up in 2020. Uh, look, the offense just looked. Anemic is not even anemic is too passive of an adjective to describe what that looked like for 24 innings. I mean, it was, and again, we're not talking like this is the 20, the, the 1927 Yankees. I was going almost going to say 2027 Yankees. That's how long it's been since we yeah. row people We're in the new twenties. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to see this fan graphs, um, you know, has them by F or, they have the race offense at 14 people at 14. That's mediocre for the 2022 season. Mediocre. And if you go like, well, what about WRC plus 101? Guess what? That's 15th in the league. That's mediocre. That, uh, the American years. league or all of baseball? All of baseball. They're 15th in WRC plus and in war 14th. So I, I, I got to tell you, it's, this is not a great offense. And if people are telling you this is a great offense, they're lying to you because the numbers say, no, they're mediocre. And if they go, like, well, it's the injuries. Well, that wasn't going to change in the playoffs. So at yeah. best, you were going to get a mediocre, a mediocre offense. Um, I, and, I just, and I think, again, that, that's why it gets exasperated in the playoffs where um, maybe the approach of, hey, we know we don't have a bunch of power hitters, but – the way you're going to win these games in the playoffs is you get a man on first and you deposit the ball into the third, fourth, fifth row, just like Jose Ramirez did in game one, an identical looking home run to Jose Siri, except there was a man on base. That was the big difference Um, because it's hard when you're facing better pitching stats. It's hard to cobble together multiple hits, walks, mistakes, moving the runner over. I mean, you might be able to get away with that for a game or two, but wait until you get to best of five and best of seven series. It's just not going to happen. And again, I think that's where you need going into the playoffs. Again, you can get away with not slugging and not hitting homers in the regular season, but when you get into the playoffs, you have to have 
at least one, maybe two, maybe three, maybe four that have the ability to one swing of a bat change the complexion of a game. And you mentioned the F4, you mentioned the WRC plus changing stats a little bit. This team was 25th in baseball in slugging percentage. Uh, Post all-star break, they were last in home runs. Last in all of baseball, not just the American League, all of baseball in home runs. 53 home runs in 70 games. Who was 29th? The Miami Marlins. They had 54. And actually, the Cleveland Guardians weren't that much better. I mean, they had you know 55 or whatever. But again, it, that just goes to show you the how important it is that you're missing uh, Nelson Cruz, that you're missing in Austin Meadows, that you're missing a Brandon Lau while he doesn't produce in the playoffs, while you're missing a Mike Zanino against lefties who strikes fear, a Mike Zanino of 2021 who strikes fear. So, yeah, that's I, I so. And if you don't, yeah. let's let, we can keep going down on categories, people. If you're still like, nah, this is a really good offense, which I don't know how many people are are, are saying that, yeah. but if, if there are any of them that are saying that they're fooling you, ISO 22nd in all of MLB, 22nd. Okay, they're right next to the Cincinnati Reds and the Kansas City Royals. People, they have no pop, and and right. and when you go to October, you need pop. You need pop, and they and they had none of that. And yet, again, and that's why I'm going to just the word of October of the of this of these two games is incongruency. Kevin Crash, why is the adjustment not made by these players? If the whole thing was we're gonna run into one, look at your lineup. They can't run into one. They do not have it. The stats say so. They don't have pop. In fact, the big left-handed bat that you got that's going to provide some uh, 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 power had zero home runs in all of his race tenure and only one at-bat during the playoffs. What happened there? What happened? The whole thing about we're going to – we're gonna rest guys so they're all spicy, all so super spiffy and healthy for the playoffs, bro. Conspiracy theory that was that, there was something else, or they're really hurt and they kept it quiet because baseball fans know this year in and year out. Kevin, what is the one thing that when a team sweeps one and then has to wait three, four days for their next opponent? What's the whole shtick that they, they say about the team that just that that is waiting around. What do they say, Kevin? That their that their bats are going to be cold and that uh, their their is going to be off. Bingo, bingo, and everybody here listening and watching this on YouTube and they're subscribing because they're awesome and they want to help us help us out. They know that too. Sitting around in baseball is not good, and they willingly did that to most of their offensive players. Yeah. Yandy wasn't getting at bats. Wander wasn't getting at bats. Harold wasn't getting at bats. Margot wasn't getting at bats. How did yeah. they look? That that's How the other issue. Yeah, that's a great point because not only are they not getting at bats, it's one thing if you're not getting at bats and your next opponent is the Royals or the Reds or some other trash team. It's the Cleveland Guardians, one of the best pitching staffs in all of baseball. That's who you're going with. Let alone it being. I mean, we talk about uh, this team not having pop. Imagine trying to uh, facilitate pop when the game starts at 
49 degrees and it feels like 43 degrees and the temperature just continues to drop, it's, it's not an environment that's conducive to hitting bombs. Oh, also, may I add that most of, uh, by the way, that that lineup always plays in nice 73 uh, degree weather by AC. And also most of that lineup, if not basically all of it, are from Latin America. Like they literally did that whole shtick in, 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 in Clemente Day. They were all from Latin America. So they are literally not accustomed to that weather, man. And mm-hmm. you're going to give them time off? Like, oh, well, they need to be super healthy. No, they need to be seeing at-bats. Competitive yes. at-bats. We have a whole other show to do, and we're right. going to do it right now. So <sighs> I'm done ranting for the next yeah. five minutes. Sounds good. Uh, I will say this. Despite the Rays losing, I am appreciative. I don't know how you feel, Ulysses, but I'm appreciative of the fact that the wild card round is a best of three and home field advantage is given to the division winner or the, the, the best teams, the top teams. They get that, um, they get that uh, feather in their cap, if you will. The Guardians, they won their division. They won more games. So you get the, the last crack uh, in an inning. You maybe get a little bit of an up discretion. You get your home field advantage. I, I like how... It's that way as opposed to the one-game do-or-die situation. I know it's exciting for those three hours, or maybe if you have a 15-inning game, five hours, but um, playing 162, you, you earned the, – the Guardians earned the right to have that, uh, that wild yes. card round to be the setup that it was. So, um, yeah, so that's just – And to also, one game is exciting, Kevin, but – Two games are also exciting me. You don't tell yeah. me that game one, people are like, it's okay, we got a game tomorrow. No, that was a must-win game. And then a game two, it becomes another a must-win game. So yeah. now you've actually built two must-win games. It's 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 great. I'm, I'm all in. Like, yeah, and then the game three is a must-win game. I mean, you have, what, the Padres facing the Mets? I mean, it's yeah, it's excitement, excitement, excitement all around. So uh, we'll have more to discuss on this with uh, – we'll hear from you guys. Fan reaction. Uh, coming up on the next episode. Thank you for making the Locked on Race podcast your very first listen every day. Now make your second listen the Locked on MLB podcast that is also free and available on all platforms. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe and we will talk to you on Tuesday.